0: And hey, welcome to another episode of the Geeks of Tears. It's me, your boy, Eli. It's me, Joe. And we're talking about Ant-Man Quantumania, the first movie of Phase 5 of Marvel. A movie that we've been kind of
1: itching, I would say, no? It's been, uh, well, yeah, because we know that uh, this movie would be the first to officially introduce the uh, the big bad for this sort of new uh, saga mm. from Marvel, the multiverse saga. Oh. Uh which is uh, Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, not to say that we haven't met a Kang, but we did meet the a Kang. variant of Kang.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the one that we know, like, is going to be sort of the headliner. Because we, you know, uh, like, ever since Loki, we've known that, like, Kang is going to be involved in some form or fashion. Could be seen a variant of him, you mm-hmm. know? Uh. The one that uh was uh, controlling the TBA, uh, yeah, he was a variant of Kang, and now we have sort of the big Kang here.
0: So yes, the. Um, uh, by the way, I was I was trying to remember his name. It was a uh, He Who Remains. I knew it was something like weird. It was like, it
1: was like some sort of weird like. He, he Not a name, all, but a title. You yeah. Know?
0: <laughs> yes, but so essentially, what we're gonna do right now, um, you know, just. We're going to give each of our thoughts on the film, uh, further explain them as we go along, and then we give our rating at the end. So the way you do it is we do just like a one-minute uh, review from each one of us. And, Joe, you're going to be the first one to start it off. So
1: when whenever you're ready, buddy. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Ammon and the Wasp Quantumanium* is a very solid movie. Uh, you get a lot of, you know, Paul Rudd's, uh, you know, on his game, uh, Michael Douglas is always a fun character. Honestly, kind of forget Michelle Pfeiffer's, uh, Janet Van Dyne, but, yeah, it's a, it's a solid movie, you know, you sort of get, like, this neat little plot that has him, you know, being trapped in the quantum realm, having to escape, uh, various drama because, uh, Janet knows of the danger, uh, Kang, and he's pretty much... Sort of a uh, very interesting villain. We had to see some other stuff going on as well. Uh, the visuals were alright. I believe overall, um, uh, Ant Man and the Boss Quantumanium is a solid movie with uh, some fun dialogue, and it's honestly what you expect from an Ant Man movie at this point. So, lots of quips, some fun action, you know? Yes. Um. I like the way you said that. All
0: right. So I guess it's, uh, that leaves it to me. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is a movie that, um, it's very much a Marvel movie. That's not a jab or a, you know, a negative. I think it's very much what you expect an Ant-Man Marvel movie to be. It does follow a lot of the things that you kind of associate with Ant-Man. The idea of the Quantum Realm itself is a great idea. I love the designs. I love the the look of the Quantum Realm. I, you know, that's something I'm I was really happy to see, though some of the CGI on it did not look so good, and some of the actors uh, felt a little stiff. Jonathan Majors clearly steals the show as Kang, and obviously the introduction of a certain uh, Marvel villain is also a great thing to see, and yeah, the the setups are are being made. I think that's the i could say easily say that's great about this movie this is a good setup for kang and his future endeavors in the mcu all right so where do we want to start off do you want to start off with the negatives that we have for this movie
1: um yeah i guess we can talk about i guess because mm. i mean like i said it's a solid movie not a not a perfect not a great movie yeah just just solid all around mm-hmm. like you know again that's not a bad thing um i i but I can kind of understand where some people are kind of iffy on it. Granted, the Ant-Man movies have always been kind of... Hit or miss. Hit or miss. I uh, People liked the first one because it was just kind of like a little fun mm-hmm. uh, sort of movie. You know, a little uh, prison. Not prison, but a... Uh, heist. Heist movie mixed with Marvel stuff, you know. Uh, but in the second one was... I remember it was all right um had an all right sort of villain too but it was was just kind of like kind of all over the place if from what i remember it
0: felt like we were mirandering.
1: yeah it just felt like it was kind of like one of those filler movies and i think most people remember the ant-man and the wasp movie mainly for uh the post-credit scene Mm -hmm. more than anything because you know it's like hey ant-man's he's gonna go uh, try to uh, get some quantum energy from the quantum realm or something like that or whatever. Uh, and then he gets stuck because guess what? Uh, Hope, Hank, and Janet all get dusted. You know, so it's one of those like big shocking, oh my god, you know, it's like, oh, we were going to have like a little fun little movie that wasn't going to do much with uh, the current MCU at the time. And then it's like, oh yeah, we're going to end it back where we, you know, where the rest of the universe has been at this point. Yeah. So yeah uh but no and this one uh yeah it has to, i would say uh i think it's a better i think it's better paced and more focused mm-hmm. in terms of like oh hey, um Cassie built a thing that's trying to like see into the quantum realm without them going into it, but it's caught the attention of a certain person you know a certain villain in the quantum realm, and now he's pretty much like. I want revenge on Janet, you know, because X amount of things happened uh, while she was in there. So yeah, there's that, and I think it's sort of overall like a all right. They get stuck into a strange place, and they have to pretty much escape because you know Kang's there, and he's great right, right, a ticking time bomb. right? Yeah,
0: no, it's funny you say ticking time bomb. <laughs> Kang is himself is a is a a time uh, you know user. Yeah, uh, time, it,
1: a person who uses time travel very well.
0: Yeah, and the kind of give it kind of gives off a bit of a Doctor Manhattan vibes in 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 the way he speaks, but he's not like Doctor Manhattan because the so ugh, Kay himself is a very like comp, very weird, very almost inconsistent character in reality, because kane the Conqueror has have has had many names, and in the way that but the way they introduce him in the movie is like it's just different variants. Which makes sense, right? That makes it a lot more easier to understand. But he's always been kind of a kind of a questionable, like kind of a goofy, um, not that much of a serious threat of um, of a villain for the Avengers. I mean, there are very obviously there's different interpretations to go with. Um, I think Earth's Mightiest Heroes and maybe this one is probably one of the better interpretations of Kang uh, in media. But to see him in this film for this movie. Um, with so much focus, like you were saying, because, like, I think it was Ghost that was in the last one?
1: Yeah, it was Ghost, and she was. I mean, she was more of like. Not a villain per se, but more so of like. A victim of circumstance. Yeah. But no, um. I will say that, uh. Because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um. The interesting thing about the story mm. is that, you know that is, at least, well, much more paced out well. Um, But in terms of, like, I guess the negatives about it, um, I think for me personally, it's more so on certain plot elements Mm -hmm. within the story. Um, Mainly sort of, like, I guess... uh, Scott's whole thing, where... Not that he, uh, not that I have an issue with him, like, sort of being like, you know, like, ah, you know, I'm just sort of hanging out now, just writing books about my life and stuff. It's more sort of like, they give him, like, this weird sort of arc, where since they're stuck in the Quantum Realm, uh, K- Casey has been, uh, or Cassie, no, it's Cassie, right? Cassie, Cassie, I was going to say, wait, who you talking about? Yeah, Cassie is very, like, you get to learn a bit about her character, just, she's very much like... Her dad, a very a bit of a rebel, getting into trouble, actually been uh, put in jail for a little bit. But she's mainly just doing it just for, like, I want to help people, you know, that sort of thing. And, like, Dad, you help people.
0: I just want to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, and then sort of they learn like, the plight of the various Quantum Realm people having been conquered by King the Conqueror. And, you know, he's like, hey, listen, all right, first and foremost, I got to get you home, you know.
0: That is the most important thing to do, yeah, do. We got to get
1: ourselves back home. This isn't really sort of our fight kind of thing. And that's sort of like the kind of the character he kind of is given mm-hmm. for a little bit. Of like, hey, listen, this isn't our thing. This isn't our, pro- you know, this isn't our problem. Sorry about what's happening, but we got to, like, get out of here, right? And, you know, Cassie's very like, like, what the hell, man? Uh, I think it's just kind of there just to, like, introduce a bit of, like, conflict between you know obviously uh the two because she's very much like you're my hero you know you're always going out helping people but it's like you saved the world man yeah and it's like (laughs) and and
0: and it's 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 such a it's it's a really good idea but it's not explored as much as as we both would like because we had this conversation about it on the way here um that it just didn't feel all fleshed out as much Uh um For me, the thing that really held it back with that storyline was the actress playing uh, Cassie herself. Not to say she's like a terrible actress. No, she she has she's fine. Is that there's a lot of times where I feel like she's kind of have that lost look in her eyes, like she doesn't know what she's doing, and she's kind of and it kind of like holds her back from a a lot of uh, moments where I feel like she needs to like emote a little more. She's very um stiff is what I
1: want to say uh. in her acting. Yeah, I mean granted I feel like a, a chunk of the reasoning for that might just be cuz I mean obviously when you when you watch the movie like you can tell that a majority of it's filmed on like in green you know, essentially on a big green stage, right? Mm-hmm. From all the you know. There's barely any practical sets they use, maybe like a couple I can think of. From the scenes I remember, um, but yeah, I mean that's probably hard for a lot of actors. I mean, I remember there was a story with uh, Ian McKennell, mm-hmm. uh during the filming of the Hobbit se- uh, movies, where he sort of just like very like tired out by just having to stand in front of green screens and just imagine mm-hmm. like what the hell's going on. So I can imagine like for her it's some somewhat of a similar like okay I just gotta pretend something's going on here. Uh. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's why she has that sort of weird look in her eyes. Mm-hmm. I guess as you described it as well as just like maybe a harder time like trying to like, get into whatever scenes she needs to get into because she's, you know, having to imagine some stuff and probably like, I don't know. Like, I didn't exact I, mean, I do I thought she was all right, but I definitely understand why you f- would feel that she's very uh, stiff in terms of like her mm-hmm. acting of like, oh, like... Yeah, you know, she's oh yeah, yeah and I'm
0: sure that. she's been. I'm sure she's done a lot more uh, emotional role. I I do think that's what it is. I think it's just, it's just like she herself is not used to the the that kind of thing. You know, working within like a majority of green screen. Like yeah, I heard of the Ian e. M- Emma thing too, and like I think he's uh, somebody was like, I didn't even get. It. This is not what I got into acting for.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, I say the good thing though is that it's supposed to parallel the story between those two and like Janet, Hope and uh, Hank, because like obviously Janet has been living in the quantum realm for however many years. Thirty years, I think she said. Yeah, thirty years, and like she doesn't want to talk about anything of that.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of a it's a point of contention between the characters of like, like why aren't you telling us things? Why didn't you? you know, and it's like. You know, what, you know, every time we always ask about it, you always really, you know, it's like this is the
0: reason why, you know. <laughs> yeah, like like we just happen to move on to another topic out of nowhere. So it's it's I think it's it's you know that's kind of the whole point of that that the the the, the through line for that is just this, you know, like
1: it you know like family dynamics are being tested. I guess mm-hmm. I think is sort of like the big, uh, thing throughout the, the, mm-hmm. the movie of like, hey, you know, they we we, we treat each other as a family at this point. Heck. Cassie's calling a hand grandpa, even though she's not her actual grandpa. No, and I and I love that. And, yeah, it is kind of a funny thing too, because he's very much like, oh yeah, I like, and, you know, I've been like showing her some stuff, you know. Yeah. So that's it, kind of like one of those neat little things about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of like, yeah, all right. So it's very clear they're like, okay, this is like, you know, we have an ant family, if you will. Yeah. You know, like the bat family, except it's with ants. Yeah. <laughs> um. I will say, I think one of my other, um, to at least round up, I guess, my sort of uh, issues with the film, mm-hmm. I think sort of like the last issue I probably had was, mm-hmm. uh, so there is like, I, from the trailers, you get this sort of feeling of like, uh, that potentially the, the, there's going to be a plot line mm-hmm. involving Kang and uh, Scott where it's like, you know, I am a master of time, Scott. I can give you back what you want, you know? And we do get a little bit of, like, Scott being like, you know, I'm sorry I missed out on, you know, a good chunk of your life, you Cassie. You know, they sort of make mention it every now and again, you know? yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it feels like that might be what something's going to be leading to. He's going to be, like, this sort of, like, Scott might be tempted by the devil, if you will, to make a contract. I, to like... I
0: did think that's what it was, but it's also just I think the way the movie was marketed.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that. Um... Because the movie clearly
0: wants to market the fuck out of Kang, and we'll talk about Kang in a minute, obviously. And it and like that's kind of like a very important scene, but like it does like it gives you the implication of it being a very important moment, but it's kind of not.
1: At least the actual scene where he's there talking face to face. Yeah.
0: Know? Like, but you can also understand, you know, why you know S- Scott would eventually be like, "Hell no."
1: I mean, yeah. Obviously, I think for most people, I think it would be generally like, "Yeah, no." Scott's obviously gonna be like, "No," to that deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it would have been. I'm just saying, it feels like it's a bit of like a wasted plot line. Yeah. You know? I think
0: that's what it is too. And like, for me, I would say another negative that I have, um, it, and I think I, I've said this before, the, the CGI on it is, has not looked great. Granted, I think it's cause like, if this is very CGI heavy, as you were saying, but like, you know, the, the, the way that the quantum world is designed from the look of the creatures to some of the, you know, characters, well, some of them are like a little kind of goofy, in my opinion, some of them have really great designs, especially the creatures, Mm -hmm. I love the creature designs in this one and you know that's amazing but there are times where it is more from the from the human actors they don't blame well with the with the backgrounds you can tell like okay this is you know the, the, the green screen line is there kind of stuff especially in moments where they have to like shrink down and you know go back up and I think it's just like super CGI heavy where it's like it's too it's looking a little obvious um there's there's a moment specifically with Scott where it, it's like okay I can tell I can tell you, you just kind of, it feels like you just kind of copy and paste different Scots here and there, and just the way he kind of looks around it. And granted, it's probably because like that is a lot of work, and it's gonna and make trying to make it like blend all together look realistic is gonna take a lot longer. Um, so I mean that's that's an issue I have. It just it just does not look great in some ports sometimes, but sometimes it looked fantastic. Like the backgrounds looked amazing. Uh, there's a sequence with the with uh, you know the the, the Pim family where they're flying on like essentially the some p- giant like, giant stingray looking thing. Yeah, and it looks great. It looks amazing. It's so that's kind of like the thing about it. Like the CJ can be good when it's good. But when it's bad, it's very noticeable sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's mostly from my eye. I know you didn't really notice it as much.
1: Yeah, I think when you told me about the scene in question, I'm like, I didn't actually notice what you were noticing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... Well, granted, I don't really know if it's just because I wasn't looking for it or if it wasn't that obvious to me. It was, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when it comes to special effects for me... Um, If it's, like, yeah, I can probably notice a bad effect when I see one, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm pretty sure I can also, I'm just, like, um, in my brain, I think I'm more focused on, like, what's happening in the story and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. because I know, uh, the effects they use for, um, this one Marvel villain that I think uh, you might have mentioned earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, it looks weird, but at the same time, like, there was really no good way of, like, making that design. Oh, yeah, Look we're talking like, about
0: MODOK, right? Yeah. Yeah, MODOK M- is obviously... Well, I think it's, like, pretty obvious he's in the movie. He's been in, like, a lot of shots, and a lot of people talking about it. Um, and he looks off, but at the same time... I don't know if that's just how M.O.D.O.K. is in general or just like...
1: Yeah, dude's a giant floating head with tiny arms and baby legs. Mm -hmm. Like, I know uh, the Avengers game tried it pretty damn hard to like make him, you know, at least look alright in like a real world aspect. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like I just like the design of the M.O.D.O.K. in this movie way more.
0: Well, you know what it is, is that the, the, uh, and a lot of people have been saying that the game, the the Avengers game had like a really good design for MODOK and I'm just like, I don't think so. It's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look right in my opinion. Yeah. But this one is like, oh no, this is like straight out of the comic kind of thing kind of look. Yeah. And it works. Like it, weirdly enough, it works. And like the actor playing MODOK, I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. He should have been playing Morlock the whole time.
1: You know, yeah, it's kind of funny how like they, you know, they integrate Rodog into the the story because obviously, like in the comics, he's built by AIM and stuff like that. Um, here he is pretty much re, you know, I won't get into like exactly his origin, but mm-hmm. pretty much Kang is involved with it, and it makes it honestly makes a lot of sense considering how Kang has been, you know, yeah, in the future he has all this tech, you know. And that's sort of his, like, gimmick, right? Like, he's from the future. He has all this, like, ma- tech that's pretty mm. much, like, you know, you could argue it might be even magic, if you will. But, mm. it's, you know, he's just, like, what, from the 25th century or something so, like
0: that? The far century. Yeah. So, it's obviously that, that we're going to get stuff like that with him. Uh, but, yeah, but like I said, MODOK looks weird. But then again, I'm like, that's MODOK, though.
1: Yeah, like... They could have gone, the, I because mean, there is, like, he has, like, this faceplate mask yeah. on him to hide in the face. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, yeah, but, like, which I feel, like, might have been what they might have wanted to do. Because he is a, uh, what is it? What's the acronym? What's the acronym? Because MODOK is an acronym.
0: Yeah, um, mechanical organism designed only for
1: killing. Yeah. So they could have just went the route of like, oh, he's just a pure robot, mm-hmm. with a giant face kind of thing. But no, uh, they they have a, you know he has a straight up face, and to be fair, everyone acknowledges that he looks weird. Everyone's like, what the hell is this?
0: Because how how would, that's not the only way you would react to Modog.
1: It's like what the hell? Like there's like
0: I'm pretty look there's like numerous like characters in Marvel, even in DC too, that are just weird looking to be weird, right? That's kind of their whole like. Shtick. And so, like, him just automatically looking weird and everyone acknowledging he looks weird is just, like, totally normal, in my opinion. Like, if you... If I were to take someone who's never seen a Marvel movie, better yet, has never read a Marvel comic, I was like, here's Mordog. And, like, and they'd be like, what the hell is this? This big giant head with tiny little arms and tiny little legs.
1: And has these, like uh rockets and like lasers attached to him and all that stuff mm-hmm. you know and yeah i think that's what i think makes Modoc work in this movie in my opinion is mm-hmm. that everyone sort of has just a realistic reaction to him of just like jesus christ what because <laughs> i mean like i think and i think at the end of the day that's kind of like well, i think that's a real magic sauce for marvel mm-hmm. honestly is that the movies acknowledge that yeah this is some weird shit but it's here, and we're just going to have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> you know? I kind of wish they do that more, to be honest. With some, some of their, like, weirder characters. Because sometimes it's like, okay, it, this is a little weird, and we're just going to, like, kind of modernize it. Modak was not modernized. He was just straight pulled out of the comic.
1: Yeah, and I think... All that was missing was the hair. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because he normally does have hair, but yeah. I guess it's just more aesthetically... He's a giant head, so I'm guessing it just looks mm. kind of neat, more cooler that he's bald. And you know what? It works. Yeah. It totally works.
0: Um, now, that, now that we talked about MODOK, obviously we're going to go talk about the big bad himself, Kang the Conqueror. And Kang, played by Jonathan Majors, obviously we've talked about this. You've probably heard it from all around. Yeah, he's still the show. He is probably one of the best things about the movie. And it's and his 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 acting is really great. Um, his actions are both menacing and like he is a terrifying man. Like, yeah, yeah like he, he, he he sets a presence.
1: Yeah, I I really do think uh, if there's one thing Marvel that is doing well mm-hmm. is setting up King and making him like a believable like end game level threat, right? Yeah. Like, because I, because I think the one thing you could say about Thanos is that, you know, not counting Infinity War, he's kind of just, like, there in the background. Yeah. Of a the, lot of yeah. Things.
0: he lot Remember, he only showed up in Avengers 1 at the end, at the mid-credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being like, oh, you know, to face the Avengers, you are to court death. And he just
1: like, turns around, and, like, smiles, like, he's like oh, oh, okay. Oh, that, that, that gets me. Yeah. And then you see him a little bit in Guardians, where he's just kind of, like, there. Mm-hmm. Floating in his chair, you know, all that stuff. And then you get him again in the the Avengers uh, uh, 2 mid-credits where he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. You know, it isn't until Infinity War that we actually, you know, get Thanos and his motivations and why he does the things he does, right? Mm -hmm. Here, like, I think Marvel is sort of like, kind of like jumping, not jumping ahead, but more like, Having, Kang the, the, be there. they're
0: setting it up.
1: They're like they're doing they're, like uh yeah, pretty like hands on setup of like. Mm-hmm. He, no, this is Kang.
0: This is what's he about. This is why you should be worried about him. And this is he is going to be our end game level threat, right? Because mm-hmm. like with Infinity War, we had that's our first time ever really meeting Thanos.
1: Like, we've seen him before, and he's done stuff in the background. The
0: joke has always been, all he does is sit on a chair.
1: Yeah, it's not until Infinity War then people are like, oh, okay, Thanos is is pretty pretty cool.
0: You get a motive, you get a reasoning, and you get a desire from, like, from Thanos. He wants to collect the stones. Why? He wants to, you know, you know, eliminate half of the universe. And... Why does he want to do that? Because he wants to, you know, it's resources. Now, some people want to say, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? This isn't that. I think the fact that he's willing that the only thing in his mind is to kill half of the, you know, universe of living organisms should tell you that that he does. That reason
1: was never an option. No, because I think he would even probably just say "Then that just leads to more and more and more and more. There's clearly, you know, he's like, it's never going to stop you know, mm-hmm. expanding, why don't we just, you know, uh, go to straight to the source and just be like, snap all, like half of all yeah. living creatures on the universe yeah, exactly. to, to serve those resources.
0: Yeah, and, and but now with Kang, because Kang, we've been introduced in Loki. Uh, well, a variant of Kang, right? Yeah. But it sets up the threat of one well, that would eventually be, you know, the stuff we've seen in Kang Dynasty slash Secret Wars you know, and all this multiversal stuff that was kind of further later explained in, you know, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and now we get this that really sets up the pro, you know, the the big multiversal threat, but also why Kang is such a villain to watch out for. Uh-huh. You know, because that because by the time you know we're introduced to Kang proper, I might say. Because, see, this is the Kang proper. You can argue that, you know, the one who remains is, you know, so-and-so. But, like, this is Kang proper, and this is what he's about. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, this isn't his Infinity War movie. This is leading up to his Infinity War movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, heck, it's very clear yeah. that um, Kang is just very, very strong and powerful and just, you know, uh, ant and Wasp, th- they can't handle him. They barely, they're ba they are barely able to, like, do enough to him. They have to, pretty much enlist a whole, you know, it's like a whole, it's like a whole army, if you will, to take him down. And mm. even then, he's like, no, he's still so standing! Good. Yeah, so, it, it's, uh, I think it's neat, because it's like, um... He's not in he's not entirely invincible cuz obviously what made Standos crazy is that not only is he strong but once he has you know once he starts collecting all those mm. stones and stuff it makes him real threatening and obviously you don't have that sort of like ability to mess with space time and reality and all that stuff anymore with a like villain mm. but you do have you know like I said a guy who from the future who straight up has like pretty much projectiles that can just disintegrate anyone. He can redirect blasts and then like, you know, he's basically doing magic mm-hmm. almost, if you will, but he's so, it's, but it's tech.
0: Yeah. He is, uh, it's one of those, was that, uh, that joke that they made in uh, Thor, like, oh, to you guys it's magic but just it's science.
1: Yeah, kind of, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's that, he's that. He's on that level of, of, of uh, tech, you know? Yeah. And like, he he's a, like I said he's established
0: as a threat he, the, the level of stuff that he's able to do even so kind of just makes it go like oh shit oh damn it like, definitely
1: makes you wonder like all right so this is it's pretty much we've only gotten a taste of his power like what what happens when we see him like fully like mm-hmm. with all like with 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 everything he has right yeah and like. This
0: this is this is the thing that really gets me with, with Kang, right? The movie itself, you know, it's pretty okayish, but the setup for him is great. And then you look at all the other stuff like, oh, this has always been setting up for him since like day one. You can even argue like since um uh Endgame, because Endgame's like, Oh yeah, we're introducing time travel and all people are like, Oh, but as you know, that's so cheap, you know, I'm like but wait, if they do it this way with this certain villain, it could work and and god damn it, they knew they knew. I'm not saying they knew since, like, the beginning of Endgame kind of stuff. But, like, you can argue, like, that was, like, a little, like, little little seed that will eventually grow into what eventually, this big giant tree that is Kang and the branches of, you know, the timeline that he, he has to
1: mess with. I mean, yeah, I I, think, I feel like that is sort of another, like, one of the other great strengths of... Marvel movies, is that, you know, you don't have to watch all the stuff, and not everything is, like, a, a setup, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, you know, the Avengers time-traveling in Endgame, right, you know, that you, that could have easily just been, like, maybe a one-time thing, and then be like, oh, we'll never do that again, you know, it's too dangerous and stuff, but, you know, like you said, it, that stuff is always, like, was always probably maybe a seed, so that if they wanted to do, hey, you know what, let's do let's do Kang. How, you know, how do we do that? Oh, we already just literally established time travel and that's his big thing that he likes to do. Travel to different uh, timelines and mess around and stuff. So, yeah, that's clearly a way we can handle that. You know?
0: mm mm-hmm. And so, like, seeing it alternate like like, I'm very interested to see how, how Kang is and then and, and you kind of can, like I said, you kind of start seeing, like, all the eventual like like you know, seeds of 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 what they have planned for him later on. Because I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but like they're the the Metred scene sets up a lot more for Kang than anything else. And so we're at the wait and see kind of stuff. And I'm very excited to see, you know, his future endeavors in this. And Jonathan Majors looks like he's having fun with this role.
1: No, I definitely agree. You know, he uh Because if you look into Kang and like the character, you can tell like that's he's gonna have a lot of fun playing all the various variants uh, that Kang uh, that are in you know the various variants of Kang that are out there, you know. Mm
0: Mhm. And yeah, Jesus, I can't wait to see that. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to this movie?
1: Um before we give already not not i don't know i can't think of much i think i've already i said my piece i feel like Mm -hmm. for the most part um i will admit it is kind of there is like an interesting plot point of like hey there's a juice or like a liquid or something that our main characters have to drink in order to understand you know all these characters which i feel like is like it's something that's not usually mentioned a lot of times because I know in uh, Guardians mm-hmm. they mention how there's like you know this thing that allows everybody to like understand each other. I think Peter mentions he has like some sort of like ear thing or whatever that allows them to like understand and mm-hmm. you know, feedback that stuff. So it is kind of neat. There is like that that's a thing too, but for the quantum realm, it's like oh they're all talking this weird language and stuff. You don't know what the hell they're saying. But once you know Scott drinks the juice, it's like oh. Oh oh I understand you now that's weird <laughs> it's a little like a weird like a uh, plot device but I mean yeah I think it's fine I'm pretty sure it'd be there's probably gonna be some friggin internet credit out there to be like how can they understand each other it's how did they even learn to speak English and stuff and it's mm. like most people don't care but it's probably for like the one thing for like those types of people you know yeah. Um, do you want to give your rating on this movie? Uh, yeah, I think o- overall, um, I feel like I would give this, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumenium, like, I I feel like for the most part, the good stuff that I liked about it kind of outweighs a lot of the problems I have with it. Because like, like I said, it's a solid movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's probably around like like a seven for me. Yeah,
0: you know? I I'm very much on board with that. I feel like this is a very like solid movie. It doesn't do anything really spectacular or anything like groundbreaking, but it doesn't do anything that's offensive or, you know, bad. I think it's just very much straightforward. Like I've said this, I think i said this before about the anime movies. They've always been pretty solid. Like they're not terrible, they're not great, but they're just pretty okay. So, this kind of just goes into the whole, you know, thing with that man. It's, it's pretty okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Might have been better if they had Louise, but, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it's probably the first movie where you don't have, uh, you know, that, those side characters from the first two. But to be fair, how the hell are you going to fit these guys into that movie? You know, no, unless, no, yeah, no. Unless they also got sucked in, and at that point, it's like, what? You well,
0: no, no, that would be, that'd be horrible. Yeah, it'd be just them screaming at everything, and I don't want to hear that. I love those three, by the way. I love but them.
1: their strength is obviously never getting that involved in the superhero shenanigans, right? Yeah, especially like
0: Louise, because you know don't be wrong. I love Louise. He's he's probably one of my favorite no characters to introduce, especially with his his little joke of like, all right, man, let me tell you the whole story. Then you hear the,
1: mm. you know, but, it's, Yeah. it's yeah,
0: like like he's he one of my favorites. Yeah, but I also. Totally understand why he's not in here. Um, but I like the idea that, you know, this, that Adman Man himself has this sort of new family with him, his daughter, and, like, the Ant family, which we're basically we're just going to call it nowadays. And, you know, how supportive they are of each other. It's great to see that. I really wish they did more of that. But, you know, like, it worked in some areas, it worked in, and not in others. Uh, but overall, I do agree that this movie is more of a 7 out of 10 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, guys, I think that's a good place to end it. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow us on all social medias: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. it's and Trans more on Instagram, and we'll have a link tree to the po- all podcast all podcast sites we're officially part of, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, and all the like. And you find a link tree to, and you need a link tree, you'll find a link to the YouTube where all you audio listeners out there can put a face with the voice, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, and be sure to support us on Patreon. It's really just there for any kind of of support. And yeah, guys, uh, MN and the Wasps, Quantumania. It's pretty solid. If you're going to watch it, watch it for Kang. That's all I got to say. He might not be in there for much. I'm just letting you guys know that right now. But he is a, a show stealer.
1: Nah, no, uh, yeah. He's a very. I, I am very. I'm looking forward to uh, mm-hmm. Kang and his further uh, adventures, because after all, Kang will return.
0: Because we're setting his ass up. He's got a movie name after him, do
1: Yeah. All right.
0: It's been me a boy, line. it me, Joe. Everyone, peace.